right, it's time for WrestlingInc.com's very own Wrestling Perspective podcast with myself, Dennis Farrell, and my co-host and good friend, Petey Williams. What's up? How's she going, eh? <sighs> you know, that's catching on. Yeah, well, I mean, it should. We've only done like a thousand podcasts with me saying that at the beginning, so. Listen, before we kick the tires and light the fires on this podcast, I, I want to say congratulations to one of Wrestling Inc.'s own. Uh, Josh is the guy behind the scenes. He does a lot of the social media work. You should follow him on Twitter at Doors. That's H-E-E-L-D-O-O-R-S. He was quoted in an article by Bleacher Report via wrestling inc which was pretty cool so uh josh good job congratulations awesome good job josh it, it he it was a piece on the as well we'll jump right into it i guess the end of brand only pay-per-views in the wwe which after wrestlemania it, it's confirmed that the, they're no longer doing separate brand pay-per-views which i think that's great i have been a big proponent of stopping the brand split, stopping these pay-per-views. You do not have enough depth in each division on each show to really make it worth the while. Yeah, and I mean, did we talk about this last podcast about you know one recent pay-per-view sometime last year, maybe six months ago, maybe four months ago? There was like a card with uh, like three. I think there was three female matches. Um, you know, which is great for the females and stuff like that, but it just seems like they were like really, um, you know, clawing for matches. It seems like it's like there's not enough talent if you do a brand only pay per view. Like whenever we watch like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, you know, Survivor Series, all the the dual pay per views, it's like there's ten matches and stuff like that, and they're all like top tier matches and stuff. So um, I like this idea. Back to you know when I. Um, you know, the, the, the attitude era and all that stuff, the glory days of wrestling, there was 12 pay-per-views and everybody was on them. Like there was no dual split brand or anything like that, but back to 12 pay-per-views once a month and, you know, you anticipate it for that month and you kind of know when they are and it's, it's great for business. I like it. I wish they'd go to six, a pay-per-view every other month and, the, that's kind of the good old days in my mind, you know, where they had four mm-hmm. to six pay-per-views, and I get why they don't do it now. You have to have a reason every month to bring over people to the network and subscribe. So I understand that, but to me, the glory days were having less pay-per-views, making championship matches more meaningful. Yeah, and I mean, I liked it back then. I remember there was like four pay-per-views, and then I think they threw in like King of the Ring, and then they started all those in your house pay-per-views yeah. um, that were every now and again, and they started building their way up. But then didn't got to remember in those days, didn't the rock have were, his own pay-per-view at one time too. It only lasted like a year, like the rock bottom or something. Yeah. Rock bottom. And uh, um, like even DX had their own one called like fully loaded. And, you know, eventually it used to be like Capital in your punishment. house, rock bottom in your house, fully loaded. And then they stopped, they dropped the, in your house and just named it, whatever. And, uh, but that was back when, you know, WCW was running monthly pay-per-views and WWE was running monthly pay-per-views and they're always in competition with each other through like pay-per-view who got the most buys ratings and stuff. Like, is it necessary now to have a pay-per-view every month? I could see 
from their standpoint because they're trying to sell the network every month, monthly subscription. But it really doesn't – I mean who are they competing with? WWE doesn't have competition right now. They have none. So I mean it, it, they, they can do whatever they want and is it necessary to have a pay-per-view every month? Can I ask you a question, and maybe you know the answer to this. And me as a fan, I don't really know. Why are pay-per-views on Sunday nights? Um, you know what? I don't think I know the answer to that. Um, I don't remember because, I mean, that, that was always been around since I was a kid. Um, that's a good question. The only one I could ever remember that wasn't was Survivor Series, which was on or around Thanksgiving yeah. most years, and that was a Thursday. But yeah. to me, I, I maybe I'm wrong, but Friday night, Saturday night might be the best night for a pay-per-view because people are home. Yeah, and especially – okay. They are – they might not be home. They might be gone out. It's like Sunday you're settling down. What do you do? You watch – You know, there's nothing else on TV kind of deal. Um, so, but you got to remember, they're trying to market right now towards a younger audience, like the John Cena, you know, fans and stuff like that. Okay. If that's the case, I mean, how old are John Cena fans? Anywhere from like eight years old to 12. I mean, do they stay up until 11 o'clock at night? I don't, when I was that age, I wasn't staying up till 11 o'clock at night. I had school the next day. So, I mean, it kind of doesn't make sense to do that. Yeah, a Saturday does make more sense. A Saturday or a Friday, something I, that's a weekend. I would be more apt to stay up or stay around for a a whole pay per view if it was Friday or Saturday night instead of Sunday when I have to get up really early. Yeah, and I remember that was uh, like a thing back when I used to have to wake up early for school and stuff like. That. Even watching Monday Night Raw, okay, Monday Night Raw would be on when I used to watch it was nine to eleven. Like nine o'clock to eleven o'clock, like I had to wake up early. Like what? It's it's ridiculous. I remember when I got into wrestling, it was on Saturday mornings at like ten a.m. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'm doing nothing. It's after cartoons are over. Now I can watch wrestling. I mean, that's great. That's that's what they want to go for. And you know, they still have superstars and stuff like that. But or main event, they want to call it now or w- whatever it is. But everything's on the network or Hulu or whatever. It's like. You can't flip on your, you know, cable TV and watch it anymore. Like on a Saturday morning, I don't even think it exists. I agree. That that's that's the tough part because I find myself more times than not starting Raw or starting SmackDown, and nine o'clock, ten o'clock hits on Monday nights, and you go, hey, you know what? I'll just watch the recap later. Yeah, and I mean, you know, in today's day and age, they not only look at ratings, but they look at uh, however they analyze dvr recordings or playbacks and stuff like that so i mean man they could put it on at 3 a.m on a wednesday for all they and they're gonna get the dvr playbacks and stuff like that and people are gonna watch them when they want to watch it because i don't i mean i don't think that many people like sit down on monday night in front of their tv at 8 p.m and watch the commercials and all the you know and there's a lot of fluff in there too like after they come back from a commercial, they recap a big storyline. So, you know, there might be 20 minutes that pass before you get some new content on there. So, I mean, I don't know anybody that really sits and watches it anymore. Let's let's move on because there, there are a whole bunch of th- stuff we need to hit. We have a pseudo-apology coming up later in the episode for non-spoiler alerts. We'll get to that here in a minute. Oh, boy. Did you listen? 
we all know about Virgil. You know, Vincent or Virgil, no matter how you know him, the million-dollar man's lackey. Did you see what he's doing now? I have no idea. What is he doing? He started a GoFundMe. Oh, jeez. For what? Help Virgil. For himself? Yep. Is, are people really putting money into this? 1200 so far. He's got $1,200. Yes. For nothing. He's not terminally ill. He's just like, hey, man, I made a lot of money. I was on TV in the glory days and didn't manage my money right, and now I need money. Wow. What's, what a world we live Here's in. Here's the title. Here's the title. Help Virgil become the $1 million man. Okay, that's very clever. I'll, I'll give him that. That's clever because he's shooting for a million dollars, which he won't get. But even if he gets like, like, I don't know, ten thousand dollars, man, he just ripped everybody off. Well, wow, good for him. Well, good here's him. here's here's the synopsis he wrote. Are you ready for this? Oh, please. Remember me? Question mark. I'm Mike Jones, aka wrestler superstar Virgil. I'm verified on Twitter now at the real Virgil, which means I'm the real deal. I've been around the world 30 times in my life. I've always been about the hustle. I started out in the old WWF as a bodyguard for the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, and now wait, and said to myself now. It's my time to be a millionaire. If you've watched wrestling more and you know who I am, you you were inspired by the million dollar dreams that came true. Show your love for your favorite wrestler by giving one, ten, one hundred, shit, one thousand dollars and make me a millionaire. <laughs> you could make this happen and I will forever be grateful. Every day I hustle and now I'm trying to show the world that the, that this dog can be taught new tricks. Wow. I mean, now I feel like we have to donate to it. I mean, well, I mean, I think we're doing enough by promoting it on, you know, our podcast. I, uh, man, I don't, I'm speechless. I mean, there's guys that, you know, get injured in the wrestling ring and stuff like that. And they don't even have a GoFundMe account. Like they're, wow, he's, that's, that's just greed. I mean, but you know, that is, Hey, we, we live in America. I guess we could do that stuff and he's already made money doing it. So obviously it's working. <laughs> So when does this expire? Is there an expiration date on this? Like, is he? Let me look. Does he here. have like a thirty day, sixty day, like um, um, thirty two months? I, I don't know. Thirty two months. Yes. Is that what it, you said? Yep. So that's like what a, a year and no two. Gee. Wait, <laughs> like two and a half years, <laughs> something, something like, like that? that. Like over that race, forty nine people have donated already. You gotta be but, kidding! But some of these comments. From the non-donors are amazing. Uh, my kid's having a birthday party. I think there's room at the end of the driveway for a, your table. <laughs> I, I love it. Oh, man. Uh, what, That's perfect. Uh, what's this one? Uh, hey, remember the time you came to a show I was running in uh, Davin in 2002? The main event was Dusty Rhodes versus Kevin Sullivan versus Abdul the Bircher versus Terry Funk. We sold over 3,000 tickets and had a crowd over 4,000 with comps. You showed up and allowed you, and I allowed you to have a table and sell your photos there. But then you decided I threw you out because you decided to badmouth me to my partner at the show. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. I, man, that's a true, true worker, Virgil. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I don't even know. What, I don't even know what to say. I mean, a GoFundMe account just because. Um, just because. I mean, that. I mean, he's not even selling anything. It's like you know what? No, screw pro wrestling tees or making my own website to try to sell my merchandise. Just give me money. A GoFundMe account. Just give me money. He's not even trying. But, I mean. But like, how do you respect that? But like, there are so many like, I met you and you were an a hole to me. You know, you wouldn't sign for me for free when I met you on the street. Uh, you know, uh, if I if there was a ability to give you negative money, I would. <laughs> Can we take money away from you? Yeah. This GoFundMe account. Like, you know what? We should start a GoFundMe account that says we need to beat Virgil's GoFundMe account. Uh, because we don't believe in his cause or something like that. The uh, the anti-Virgil GoFundMe account. Like, like there's one. Oh, hey, Virgil. Remember that time in Newark, California, where you showed up unexpectedly, uh, unexpectedly to a wrestling show and thought it would be fun to shoot rubber bands at me from across the room and hit on me every time I walked by? Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, he has a unique way of flirting. All right. Like, Sounds good. I wish I could actually donate a fresh turd. Oh, boy, like there, let him have it. there are a lot of people that are pretty peed off at this. Like, have you have you ever met Virgil? Uh, you know what? I knew you were going to ask that because I you had to about everybody. Yeah, um, and I want to say I've never been on a show with him. I mean, I'm I'm guessing he's like from the east. He lives like in the East Coast area. I don't know. Was uh, he I'm a teacher? Sure. Or something? I don't know where all these comments are coming. Uh, yeah. Um, so I don't think I've ever been on a show with him. Thank, thank goodness. Yeah, because apparently he's he's a, a big, big, uh, you know. Wow. From what I hear. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I know I don't like to judge people before I meet them. Um, <sighs> wow. But uh, I mean, I've never seen anybody be like, oh, you know who we should book for our show? Who? Virgil, man, that'd be great. You know, like. Would he do it for I, free? I've never heard anybody say that. I, mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know. I mean, man, where does he get off? Oh well. Here, I mean, here, here's a joke post, and I'll try to read as much of it as I can. I'm Vir- I'm Virgil's manager at Arby's. And I'm very upset that he's using company time to beg people for money, especially when we had a discussion with him in the past week or so about time management and the inability to salt curly fries properly. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention the case of melted cheese that come up missing. Virgil's million dollar belt <laughs> and drop Brutus Beefcake's name to customers all the time doesn't do much. <laughs> they wow. just want to know the customers just want to know why haven't you put RB sauce in my bag? Get back to work or you'll be hearing the words you're fired coming from me and not Vince. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I love those joke posts. Listen, I'll be honest. I don't like to poop on on many guys trying to make their way in life, but this just this just rubs me the wrong way. I get if you're begging for an operation, kind of like uh, Diamond Dallas Page did for what was it uh, a few years back, Jake Roberts, and maybe even a I think it was uh, Scott Hall too. I'm okay with that. These guys have given their bodies an industry without health care. That, that's great. You know, f- fine. But if your GoFundMe reads, hey, I'm tired of working really hard. Can you give me some money? 
I'm I'm out. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and like I said, I, I respect guys that will, you know, go out of their way, uh, design a shirt, or or have somebody design a shirt for them, and actually just put in a little bit of effort. Like the the least amount of effort that I've ever seen was pro wrestling tees. Like I had my brother in law. I, I told him like what design I want. He kind of put it on like a JPEG format or whatever they needed, and I sent it to the pro wrestling tee guys. And I, I don't have to do anything, and the, the shirts sell. Like uh, you, you don't get uh, like the whole like if they sell for twenty dollars, you're not you getting get rich dollars or whatever. But they're the ones doing all the work, you know. So I, but so I can respect people that you know try to make money, you know, actually putting in some effort. But this is no effort. The the most effort he did was like, how do I make this GoFundMe um, little synopsis or whatever and sound clever? And I'm willing to bet. A hundred dollars he right now, he didn't even write that. He had a buddy of his that was computer <laughs> smart. That's, yeah, absolutely. He's like, um, you know, I wonder if he even runs his own Twitter account. You know, I, I'm, I wonder because, you know, he has some clever things when he says, like, it fits his character. This GoFundMe account totally fits his character. It's like he pretty much on Twitter says, you know, I'm a scumbag. I'm looking for work and he begs for work. I mean, that's. That, that's his character now on, on social media. So this GoFundMe fits it, and I think people are buying into it. The 50 people that donated, um, they're like, oh, man, this is hilarious. Yeah, I'll, I'll donate 10 bucks. Like, but uh, on the flip side. say that they did. On the flip side, we spent 10 minutes pooping on this guy. If he gets a million dollars, he's a genius, and you can't yeah. say anything about that, right? Dude, if he get th- this $1,200 that he got. That's genius. I mean, he just made $1,200 for doing absolutely nothing. Kind of, yeah. And there's 90% of me that wants to poop on him and, and, you know, come on, man, you're better than that. And then there's the 10% that goes, boy, I wish I could do that. Yeah. How how long has this been up? Does it say? It doesn't say. It actually came across my timeline early this morning. Was it Saturday the 17th? So. Yeah. I don't. I don't know, uh, man. Let's see here. Let's see if I can find that. Because think about it. If it just started, and he's out of Pittsburgh, ex- he might get a million dollars before the whatever thirty-two months is up. I mean, if he keeps on this pace, nah. and you know, and you know what, he's sh- he's shooting for people like us talking about him and ridiculing him and stuff like that, and that's just like. Any that, that's that's publicity right there. That's press. Any press, even if it's bad press, is good press, right? Because people are talking about it, and then they're going to view the page, and people might donate a dollar. Yeah, you know, I I don't know how long this has been up, but it, it looks like it's been up for a few months now. So, oh, okay, well, maybe it, okay. <laughs> Congrats to him, I guess. That's the first time I'm hearing of it, though. So this is this is interesting. It's man. Can does does PD Williams need anything? Um, dude, I'm so content in life right now. I mean, like, I'm not going to ask people for free money. I mean, I, I, I like to work hard for my money. Like it's man. I just asking for, I, I feel like not that there's anything wrong with this, but I feel like this is the social media way of being a guy on the street corner with a sign that says, you know, um, please donate or whatever. Right. So, I mean, th- that's what this is the equivalent of is just you have a computer and can do it electronically. So, um, yeah. Uh, and especially, like, he's not homeless. So, I mean, why is he asking for money? Just because he doesn't want to work. I mean, it's 
man, he should have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was born in the wrong era, man. Like he should have been a millennial. <laughs> like I, I don't know. <laughs> well, congratulations to him on twelve hundred dollars. Well earned. Yeah, worked yeah. hard for he that money. He spent. See now, can he? How do GoFundMe accounts work? Can he just? I think as soon as it the clo- money, whatever. Or? No, no. When it closes, then you can, because there are different kinds of GoFundMe's. As I, I, I'm not. I, I might be talking on my butt on this one, but I believe there are kind of GoFundMe's where if you don't reach the goal, then you give all the money back, and then there are stuff donation ones where, you know, you you get to keep it no matter how much you raise, but you can't take it out until after the GoFundMe expires. Okay, and then now being in America. Does he have to pay taxes on this? Couldn't tell you. Probably like he's not a he, he's not a nonprofit organization or anything like <laughs> not that. Not yet. Um, and we're thinking way too hard into this right yeah, now. Right. This is. I agree. All right. Let's let's yeah. move on to some more actual wrestling stuff. Uh, Pete, this week yep. you and I got a nasty Graham email. Yeah, we did. Um, I blame you. I'm kind of innocent here. No, no, totally my fault. I will take complete ownership of this, and you know, I, yeah, <laughs> obviously my mistake, and you know, I, I don't deny it. Absolutely not. So, a little background: we got a email from one of our fans, listeners. His name is Steven. We won't say your last name just because uh, we don't want people harassing you. Not that they would, because there's like you and three other people that listen. So, we don't want to lose. All three of you guys as fans. <laughs> yeah. And and by the way, one of those three is Petey. So I got to keep yeah, on Petey's yeah. good side or I'll stop downloading the podcast. But Steven sent us an email that said, hey, I'll clean this up because he was kind of t- Yeah, please off. clean it up. Please clean it up. <laughs> hey, hey, Jack Leg, stop spoiling impact for me because, you know, I watch it. And by the way, Steven, I can make this joke because I know Petey. You are the one guy that impact. You know, is thankful that downloads or watches. Yeah, or, or watches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You and I think there's a guy in like Hoboken, New Jersey. So you too. So thank you. We don't want to, we, I don't want to lose half of Impact's ratings because of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're I'd not be like, man, there's no point of watching anymore. Anyways, go on before we spoil it. Uh, so in a couple of podcasts, you have kind of assuming since it was already pre-recording on the internet that everybody kind of already knows what happens. So we've we've taken liberties and talked freely about some of the things that you will probably see in the future in Impact, not taking into consideration that there are probably some people that stay away from spoilers or rumors. I'm one of those guys, but I don't watch Impact much. Steven does, and listening to the podcast, we've spoiled a few times Impact for him, and I, I myself, I want to apologize, Steven, for doing that, because nobody likes it when you do it in a movie or a TV show. No one likes it when you do it for wrestling, so I, I me, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I also apologize <laughs> if I bring something up that happened in the future. Um, man, look at me. If I bring something up that happens in the future, it's like I'm a prophet or something. You are. <laughs> I could a, I could see into the future. But if I bring something up that has been pre-recorded and has not aired yet, um, I'll do my best to say spoiler alert. And then you could fast forward the podcast that will however long, two minutes. And we um, and we will not bring up on Next Impact how PD wins a world championship. 
Yeah, so you know what? Uh, be surprised when I do win the world championship. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. we, be surprised we had... when I win the world championship. <laughs> we, you know what? And I, Should I, I put out fake spoilers? Should I put out some fake ones just so he's like, man, I was waiting. For, and then he gets upset at us again because I was waiting for that to happen. It didn't, didn't happen. And what the yeah. – so, you know, just that'd be great. But, but Stephen, we value you as a – a fan of the show and thank you for reaching out and at least telling us and by the way i went to follow him on twitter i was already following him he didn't follow me back until just recently oh well that's uh, does he follow me i don't i, I don't know i'll, I'll figure it out so let's what, uh, he probably doesn't because i spoiled everything but <laughs> um yeah no i i i i apologize that's I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, we, we take this as constructive criticism because you yeah. know, maybe other people are listening and they don't want the spoilers either. Because I know me, and I, we talked about this before, like when I watch like my shows like Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or something, I don't watch it that day when it airs, like Sunday night at 9 or whenever it is. I'll watch it like the next day or, or whenever I have time to watch it that week. But I don't wait. What's ridiculous about Impact is that we film things so out of order um and like three months in advance and and we were filming stuff in january no we filmed stuff in november went back filmed stuff in january new content and there was still stuff that we filmed in november that hasn't even aired yet that that carried over um up until like the end of january (laughs) so i i mean it's just we're filming so much and it's like how do you like stay away from this and I mean, for so long, like, don't you want to know what happens? I could see staying away from, like, Game of Thrones, one of your favorite shows for, like, a week. But it's just so hard to not, like, you know, like, stay away from the spoilers. I, I know you're trying to, but, like, to stay away from it for three months, that's kind of yeah, I tough. Get it. Unless he doesn't even go on the internet. I don't know. Wait, he must have. He found us. Um, yeah. And he's on Twitter, too. So, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see here. WWE reportedly interested in signing NFL superstar Rob Gronkowski. Me personally, I'm a Patriots fan. It will not That's work. That's your boy right there. Yeah, it will not work in wrestling. The guy is a douchebag. Not not that I have ever met him, but I've seen him interviewed and I see him talk. He is he's the worst parts of the Jersey Shore put into a person in real life. Which is perfect for wrestling. No. I mean, he's not one of those Hold on. He's not one of those guys where it's like, hey, you know, like watch any hockey player do an interview. Like he's like, yeah, you know, we worked hard out there. You know, we had to try to work better as a team. We're down by one right now. We're going to go back out there in the second period and, you know, we're going to give it our all. Like it's all the same, you know, like no character, no personality. So when you watch Gronk, you know, even though he might come across as douchey, I'm like – that's great. They can make him a heel in WWE or whatever. Like at least he has personality and he is an actual athlete. So um, it, it, it may, it may work. It's just that my problem with like celebrities and other athletes and stuff like that, they might be athletically gifted and be able to do the moves and stuff like that. But when I watch them sell, it just seems like they're waiting. Like if they're getting punched to the ropes, they're not really selling the punches. They're waiting to get whipped off and go into the next spot. Like it's just, it comes across as like Bush League and a little bit like uh, amateur to me. So You know what I'm about to ask it, you, right? What's that? Have you ever worked with a pro athlete in the ring? 
Well, yeah, like Monty Brown. I mean, there's there's few exceptions to the rule. But those um, are guys that, that like, went to wrestling school, though, right? The, the, uh, did Monty yeah, Brown? Correct. Yeah, Monty Brown didn't just go from playing with the Patriots to jumping in a ring. I think I think everything you told me, he went to a wrestling school first. He he was taught yeah. the industry before jumping in. But yeah, and you but, gotta remember. And, and here's the thing. A lot of like, and look at Bill Goldberg. Like he was nothing special when he played for Atlanta. Like well, he, he was like, washed out. He, yeah, and then he translated to wrestling. It worked. So sometimes, like, but, you but, know, the biggest like Gronkowski is like a huge star in the NFL. You know, and a lot of those times, those guys don't work out because they're a big star somewhere else. They feel like, well, I need to be a, I should be a big star here. Carl and, Malone. And then, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's a bad one. Yeah. Um, but. You know, and a lot of the time the washed out guys are like, you know, it didn't work for me here. Uh, I'm going to try this. And they don't have these high expectations. And then they, you know, prosper really well in the industry. So Baron Corbin um, is another guy. It. Yeah. Who, who did he play for? Arizona. Brock Lesnar played with the Minnesota Vikings. That's after he wrestled, though, right? No, no. Before. He went and tried to try he, out for the Vikings. No, no. He started with the Vikings and then washed out. And then came to wrestling? Yep. And then tried to go back to Vikings? Nope. Then he yeah, went to... He went... No, I don't think he did that. Let me... I'll have to go back and look. No, no. Because he, he left. He tried out for the Vikings, didn't make it, and then he went to UFC. Right. Because he didn't go back. Yeah. I think he came... Anyways, then he got a guy in uh, uh, Impact right now, Moose. You know, he played for... Uh, um, who did he play for? I don't even know, like the Rams or something like that. He played for a couple different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing really well as a wrestler. So Roman Reigns, um, I guess, the, was an NFL player for a short time. Really? Yep, Mojo. The Rock, R- yeah. the Rock played for the CFL, right? Yeah, Mojo Riley was um, in the NFL. Okay. So, I mean, there's there's been a bunch of them, but I'm... I'm I'm looking up and trying to figure out this Brock Lesnar NFL thing. I'm pretty sure he went to the Vikings after he left uh, WWE that first time. My phone likes that. Slow. Let's see. But, um, no, I don't know, Gronk. I don't know if it'll work because if he comes in humble, goes to the performance center, trains, and is humble about it, um, then he he might be able to do well, and he 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 doesn't say, "Oh, I'm a big star. I'm a big athlete. I can do this. It's no problem." Um, but if he actually listens to the coaches and stuff like that, and is actually coachable, then he could be able to make it. And the same thing's going to go with Ronda Rousey. I mean, you're right. She, by the she's way, she's going to have to train to be a, a pro wrestler. Are you talking about the Brock Lesnar? Thing? Yes, yes. He left. Yeah. By the way, that he left the WWE after WrestleMania to pursue his uh, NFL dream. And then he got cut from there. Yes, I think he, let's see here. He was named a defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, but was cut prior to the start of 2004 season. In 2005, he returned to professional wrestling. So there and then you, he left. To, okay, I don't know. And then UFC then, was in there sometime. Right, he left for the USC after that. But, yeah, so... I I don't... I, I don't... I can't see a super-duper... In recent memory, has there ever been a superstar in one industry make a jump to wrestling and be successful? 
And let's not use MMA. I feel like MMA, you know, with Dan Severin and Shamrock and Ronda Rousey. Shamrock. Yeah, yeah. I think that's too close to wrestling to create a parallel. But let's let's say professional sports outside of MMs, MMA. You know, baseball, football, basketball, something like that. Not not huge stars, like not like a Gronkowski or uh, that caliber. I mean, the best. I guess Lawrence Taylor looked all right when he wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania. Yep, but once again, that was kind of a one-off. I'm talking like a career. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't – nothing I could think of off the top of my head. I mean, it's not that there were big superstars there and came over. No, no, I don't don't think it's happened. And if it has, tweet us. Let us know if we're missing something because we don't have computers. We're doing all this off the top of our head. So clearly we're not quite sure. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm try- trying to think and I don't see, I don't, I'm not thinking of anything. And I'm not the, the only I'm, person I could kind of think of is that kind of had a career was like Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Um, that would be the closest to it because he was in the NWO and then, you know, we used him at Impact for a while. Did and, you, was he a cool um, guy? Was he what? Was he a cool guy? Yeah, he, he was just like, um, he was a little weird, I guess. But, you know, uh, look at him, man. Like, he married himself and stuff like that. And, you know, he's friends with, like, you know, that Kim North Korean guy. Like, he, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a weird dude. When I met him, uh, super tall. But, uh, you know, and, and when you used, to, you used to watch him, like, he, he was one of the, the bigger guys, like, you know, muscular-wise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, on the NBA floor, but, like, he was, like, super skinny, I remember. Um, but, no, he, he was in one of our matches. Uh, he, I, I, man, I don't remember. This is back when we were with Fox Sports Net. We were doing stuff with, like, um, John Sally and who else was on that uh, Best Damn Sports show? Like, was it Tom Arnold or something? Tom Arnold, maybe, um, yeah. Yeah, and they were there, and then... Um, it was like Team Canada with Scott Demore versus, man, I don't know, like um, Three Live Crew or something like that. And Dennis Rodman was in their corner. And I think something happened where John Sally threw a basketball at Scott Demore. He was going up to the top <laughs> rope, and some sort. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I remember we we had Dennis Rodman in for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was like respectful and cool and stuff, and. Uh, didn't have a problem with him or anything. I didn't get into deep conversation with him or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, but I would say he kind of had a career because he was, you know, on his off season, he was kind of, actually, I don't even think he was playing basketball anymore. He was like in the NWO for a while. Like, and it's not like he was a good wrestler or anything like that. I mean, he did some punches and all that, but um, at least he was able to make some sort of, you know, career out of it. And it'll be interesting if, uh, he ever goes into the WWE Hall of Fame on the celebrity wing. Here, here, here's a couple names that I did just Google search biggest pro athletes and mostly football, but Steve Mongo McMichaels. Was, yes, he was a horrible wrestler, but he was a great gone. horseman. Yeah, he was a horseman, and he held the U.S. Uh, championship. And yeah, Ahmad Johnson. Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, who did he play for? Does uh, it say? Uh, yeah, but Does I. I scroll past it. Linebacker for the Cowboys for a short period in the 80s. Brian Pillman. 
Okay, who did Pillman play for? For the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, the Calgary Stampede. That's right. He did play for the Bengals. I remember them saying that, but... Okay, go on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Vader played okay. with the Rams. Who did he play for? He played okay. with the Rams and appeared in one of the Super Bowls. Cool. Okay. Let's see here. Bill Watts. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was an AFL football player. Uh, Tito Santana played uh, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't either. Wow. Ernie Ladd, Big Cat. Okay. He was a four-time AFL All-Star, played uh, defensive tackle for the Chargers, Oilers, and Chiefs. This is this is Oilers. Wow, that's an old here, school. Okay. Here, here, here is my all-time favorite wrestler. My all-time favorite under. Uh, this guy is underrated. Ron Simmons. Oh yes, he was huge in uh, Florida, right? Or yep, uh, what was, was the college you went to? He was huge in Florida. Let's see, he played defensive lineman alongside Lex Luger at the USFL. Yes. But, okay. but Ron Simmons to me, underrated. Yeah, I mean, wasn't he like Doom. the first black world yeah, champion? I think first in black N- world champion. In yeah. N- NWA or WCW, one or the two? WCW, I'm yep. pretty sure. I, I think it was WCW, yeah. Part of, part of what – Doom was – if you ever get a chance to watch Doom versus Road Warriors, holy cow, some of the greatest tag team wrestling. I'll have to watch it. But, like, all those guys, like, I don't think they were, like, huge stars. Like, Pro Bowl, like... Nope, you're right. You, you know, like, like Ron Simmons, yeah, he, I know he was a huge college football star. Um, yeah, I remember that now, because when he used to go to, like, Florida and stuff like that and do that tomahawk chop and stuff, the crowd was going nuts. And you're like, what, what just happened? So, um yeah, I mean, a lot of guys have made the transition of football or from football to wrestling, and that's that, okay. yeah, yeah, good. You know, by the way, uh, I had an opportunity to interview Lex Luger once. He's in the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame, not because of his football, but because of his wrestling. How, how did that happen? How, how does a, a non-football player get in the Green well, Bay Packers well, Football Hall of Fame? Well, he played for a short time for the Packers. Oh, so it's almost like an honorary type yeah, I thing? I think so. But, yeah, he told me he was in the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Uh, did you do the research to see if he's lying or not? No. <laughs> come on. I'm lazy. He could have been drunk out of his mind. You could tell me that you were the prime minister of Canada for two years. And I've been like, wow. I, I was, though. That's, Holy that's the cow. weird thing. You, <laughs> you could tell me that you invented the Canadian Destroyer, and I would believe you. <laughs> Well, well then. Oh, it's too late now. I, I tweet, well, I tweeted uh, something the other day about what uh, the weirdest thing. It just brought brought something to my mind. The weirdest thing that Chris Saban has ever asked me. Did you read that tweet? No, I didn't. Tell me about it. The weirdest thing. We were sitting around, and all of a sudden, like we, we were doing whatever. Then Chris Saban just stopped and looked at me and goes, "Have you ever seen anybody sneeze in the wrestling ring before?" I kind of like stopped and like laughed and I'm like, and I actually thought about it and like kind of let it sink in. And I was like, dude, I don't think I've ever seen anybody sneeze in the wrestling ring before. It was such an odd question to even 
think of. And I don't know how he got you know that in his mind, but I'm like, that's a phenomenon, like you know, that I don't think I've ever seen in the wrestling ring. Now that you talk about it, I'm really going through all the matches I've watched since the '80s, and I don't, I'm not sure I've seen the sneeze. Yeah, maybe you, I don't know. Like, but then somebody tweeted me back that said, uh, like they 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 made a spot out of it, like a like a hokey spot where, um, you know, babyface and heel, and I think the heel sneezed on the ref, obviously a fake sneeze, of like course. the ref's face. And then the ref like was blinded for a second, and the heel low blowed the baby face, and then there was the finish or whatever. And I'm like, dude, that's that's very creative because, like, usually it's like, how do we get the ref to look away? Like, I remember whenever I was like planning matches and stuff like that, and it called for they needed us to do a ref restra- uh, a ref distraction. We had to figure it out. You know, we'd always go back to the same couple things that's been done before or whatever. But a sneeze in the ref's face, like, yeah. That's great. That's great because that's like a like, you know, that's just like a, a natural humanly, human bodily function. Like you just you sneeze, you can't control it and stuff like that. So how can a ref disqualify you for that? I, I like that. That's that's pretty interesting. Now you have to take that back now to impact and use it once. Yes, I'm gonna use it and I'm gonna sneeze in somebody's face or have the guy sneeze in his face and. Um, that'd yeah, be a great be way great. for you to get cost a match. Yeah, because oh, he, he sneezing his face. Here's here's the thing that I've been thinking about for you, and you know, part of my favorite t- thing is the talk storylines with you because not everybody ever gets a chance to sit down with a wrestler and talk. You should do this. When I like setting it up because when we do this because this to me it's fun because you sit down and you throw something to a wrestler and maybe they're jaded and they go yeah whatever thanks move on right or that's stupid. But here, people can hear me or, you know, throw things back and forth with you. And the other day you had said something that drama and emotion equals money. And oh, yeah, when you were talking about yeah, something. I don't it was talking about is. comedy. Yeah, okay. But you, you said drama and emotion equals money. And the one thing that we've not really seen lately and it's always been one of my favorite angles it, when pulled off right is wrestler versus time. Father time. You know, you're you're coming to the end of your career, which you've admitted on the podcast. You don't know how long you have. You could wrestle six months. You could wrestle three more years. But you're, you're not going to be a lifer. And your role road on mainstream wrestling is kind of, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. This isn't going to be a super duper long run. You you've admitted that. Yeah. And minus the the tag team champions that you've been holding now for what eight years. <laughs> oh yeah, Lucha Libre USA. I'm, yeah. I'm currently with the John Anderson, um, strongman John Anderson. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think this April. Uh, I think it'll be seven years this April. So I mean, you know, that's 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 a pretty long reign. But, I'm still I still got the championship belt in my room, and everything's good. I sleep with it at night. It's oh, all good. Well, I mean, seven years strong. That's you, you've had that belt almost longer than you've been married. Yeah, right? <laughs> it has actually. Yeah, I've only been married five years. But was was the belt the best man in your wedding? <laughs> I wore it <laughs> underneath the suit. So. <laughs> Do you, you tag John in sometime in the ceremony? 
Yeah, I tagged him in. He made the hot tag. Um, clear, clear, cleared house, cleared all the other groomsmen. Um, yeah, it was great, man. I'll have to send you the video. I can't wait to see it. So, Just so you know, I haven't talked to the guy since. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, one of these days we'll get back together. A <laughs> reunion tour. Well, okay, so listen, hear me up. When's the last time you've held a TNA title belt? Um, probably 2008, 10 years, 10 years ago. Why is TNA not playing up the fact that you've not had a belt for 10 years and they've given you a couple opportunities and you've come up short in a couple of those opportunities. Why are they not turning this into a long-term angle where you're starting to get the sympathy of, the guy trying to make his one last run wants that title belt. You know, almost kind of Gil Kimish, but it seemed like the Gil Kim was really rushed because of her announcement of retirement and versus the end of the year that you might have a little bit of time to set this up for a, a really good, you know, feel good story. If or if it may, it may end with you losing yet again and you retire without it, but to me. The fact that they're not playing up the fact that it's been ten years since you've held a championship and you're and you've come up short a couple times and you build these amazing moments is is almost criminal right now. Yeah, you know that's a good idea. They could build up the fact that um, you know the commentators, especially like you know, PD lost his edge or PD doesn't have what it takes anymore. Yes. You know, he just can't capture that belt. Yeah. That's a, that's really good. That's 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 the story. Th- those are the things you should be pitching me, because people would watch that movie over whatever comedy stuff we came up with. Because that's like a, a, a slapstick. Like I just it won't be remembered. It. There might be a one liner or whatever. Um, yeah, but that that drama. Like you're going back ten years. You're making people think about that. They, they might be able to relate to something that. You know, you look at uh, a dad now that's maybe, um, you know, 30 years old or something. And then, you know, maybe they stopped playing football or or some sort of sport when they were 20 because they had kids and life got in the way and they're just not in the shape they used to be in and all that. So people can relate to that. Oh, man, you know, he lost his edge and, you know, he just wants to relive his glory days one more time. And so many people can relate to that. And that's where the drama comes in. And that's the money. And that's what brings a tear to people's eye and you don't even have to win it that that that's the, the and that's the thing he still came up short yes you know and then but you could you know and if they went back and started playing what was it the three-way match immediately when you came back for the x division championship you hit the canadian destroyer you go to pin and you get thrown out you know those small moments of so close if you start building them up and putting them in the packages, those moments that have, are forgotten now that you're back that happened then will mean so much more now. Yeah, no, that's really good, Dennis. That's that's that. that now you're starting to get it. Yeah. Now you're now you're starting. I, maybe when I threw that line out to you, it, like it, yes, I think it, and I, I related it to like. What do you remember? What you told me? What one of your favorite dramas were? Probably Ten Things I Hate About You. No, <laughs> that was maybe your favorite comedy. How to lose, um, how's the lose a guy t- today? <laughs> you told me. I said, "Hey, what's your favorite drama movie? Hey, what's your favorite comedy?" And you gave me a comedy one, mm-hmm. and then you gave me a drama one, 
And I said, I don't remember what I said. The game. The game. I said, yeah, it was like really well written and stuff like that. And it, it, it resonated with people and people like thought about the movie afterwards and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then the comedy, it's kind of like, yeah, that was fun. You know, maybe I'll watch it again or whatever. It just the the game like that could be more up to be nominated for an Oscar and stuff like that and be put in like that that Hall of Fame of one of the best movies or whatever the case may be a potential rather than the comedy one. Um, and, and that's what draws the money. That's what gets people to, to think and stuff. I don't remember how I put it to you, but, um, it was something like that. And that's the same thing with wrestling. Any, anything, if you look at, this is what we have, uh, every single time you step foot in the wrestling ring, this is what you can create. You know, you could create this it's, and, and they don't, you don't get this luxury in, in sports, you know, like it could be the bottom of the ninth world series game, game seven, you know, uh, bases loaded uh, three like you know three on bases loaded uh full count you're down by by three you know and it's the last pitch what do you do you can either strike out and your team loses or you get hit the home run bases loaded and you can win the world series so that's that's never that's probably never happened in the time of world series at all but in wrestling since we can control what happens we can create that scenario all the time and create that drama. Good. So, um, you know, and that, that's what it is. In, in my mind, you are getting desperate and want a championship, and you're trying to go for any championship you can. You even try for the tag team titles and come up short. I mean, in you know, I'm not sure if it's the blow off or. If it's somewhere in the middle to really build tension in, in in sorrow in your in your corner, but you have that one championship match where you hit the Canadian Destroyer and you go to pin him, and it's just dumb luck that you hit it and his leg lands on the rope, right? And you just you, you just can't believe it. You're you're turning into a broken man because you just can't get it done. And, and you hit your move and your pin and this luck and you're like just a, a tear that rolls down your face as you're starting to, to me that right there. Yeah. See, now you're understanding wrestling. That That's that's the moments we want to create. That's because that doesn't but, every time you pitch me a storyline, I go, where do we go from there? What, what's the payoff? You already tell me the payoff. Right. Now it's how do we get there? So if you could come up with the payoff beforehand and then lead up it's it's easier to lead up to it it's like it's easier to go through the match if you know the finish rather than planning the whole match and not knowing what the finish is um but yeah it's it's the same way and that's that's good writing right there and that's what that's what we shoot for so you're starting to get it now 10 years i mean right now the bones of the storyline have already been written you you've you've come back to impact what three times now uh yep yeah, yeah, your original times. run, then you came back and kind of was a, I don't want to use the word jobber, but uh, what would you say, kind of enhancement talent at that point? No, because they had me winning matches up to, you know, pretty much feed the champion. So they, they built up. I mean, they did it right. It's just that um, I was just like kind of lost in the mid card. Like oh. it was no storyline other than he's going for the X Division title. But now you. But there was no backstory. It wasn't like. Like what you're saying now, but but now you're back, and you know, to to an outsider, me, it feels like you're starting to slip right back into that role again of being lost. I I might be wrong here, and you probably 
will either admit it or go, no, you know, they're they're they've got plans for me. Maybe they do. But to me, the plans that they should have right now are now starting to put the little dots together of this, you know, the last ditch effort. They, you know, you could start it out again, but that you have to start working your way back to the top of a title shot. You've had two title shots now. You've come up short. We can't give you another one. You got to start earning them. And and you know, there there are tag team belts. There's like you know how many they've got a bunch of belts now in TNA that you could go for and you could come up short on and your your last ditch effort, you know? Yeah, no, I I like it. I mean I'm 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 starting to the wheels are starting to turn in my head now too. This is that's good. And I mean, you know, ultimately at the end, how I see it is I would like for me not to win. I think know, that would be the best. Come up short. Yeah. And I mean and I like think it would be you know what you can always do from there. Now what for P D Williams? Yeah. Oh, now I'm upset. Now I'm turning heel. I'm on a rampage. So there's so many ways you can go with that. But but that you know, and what's my motivation for turning heel? I can't I can't win it, you know, so I'm gonna cheat to win, do any because I'm so desperate now to win it. Ruin it for everybody else, you know? Yeah. But you yeah. know, to me, that last moment of of your face, uh, not of you being a face, not your ugly face, but you being a face, <laughs> that last moment, you, you hit the Canadian destroyer for whatever reason. He either kicks out or he, you know, he rolls out of the ring or some bad dumb luck just just gets in the way, and you just can't believe it. And you're sitting there as a broken man. You, you know that. That that I'm alone in the middle of the ring and I had this one and I just botched it or something bad just happened. You sit there and you know you're on an island of one out there and you just you just that thousand yard stare. Yeah. And and that might be the last moment before the hill turn. It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and they could even do like the next night on Impact, do an interview with me right you know backstage. You know, what are your thoughts on this, that, and the other thing? And then I don't even say anything. I just kind of look off into the distance and then walk off the set, you know? Like, sometimes, like, just the nonverbal communication there speaks louder than any words that you say. You know, yeah. I, I, I love it, man. Oh, it's good. Man. Yeah, I'm crying right now just thinking about it. <laughs> I, I've been, I've been, I've been saving this one, and I've been working on it before I want to pitch it to you. Like I've been thinking about this for like a month now. See, now that's that that's that's great storytelling right there. So I mean, if you could take it, just because you know me and my storyline, but if now I, this is how I want you to think of it. I know when you fantasy book a lot of other things, you got to look at it like that. N- not that exact same scenario, but like. How do we create drama in that and emotion for people to connect to? Like the reason why people connected to Stone Cold is because everybody wants to kick the crap out of their boss. And Stone Cold was able to do it on a weekly basis or, or at least try to and get back at him and tell him off and stuff. So he was giving it, you know, he was sticking it to the man. And that created drama because people can relate. Anything you can get people to relate to. They'll, they'll buy into and they'll want to cheer you and all that kind of stuff. I think that's part of what's missing in, you know, in WWE today in a lot of aspects. Like, you know, obviously you want to cheer for a cool guy. That's why, like, people are cheering for LAX and stuff like that. But, like, nobody can really relate to being a gangster unless you are a gangster. You know what I mean? 
but so, you, you know, people can relate to getting old and, and being older. Yes. And to me, yes. you start the way this starts is, you know, someone cut that, you know, you, you do either backstage in ring interview and you talk about longevity and father time and, you know, you're getting up there and, you know, you stop for a minute and you just kind of you do that ponder look, that look off into the space and you go. It's been 10 years since I've held a belt in, in impact. And you let that sink in for a minute. It's been 10 years. I, I've come up short. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I, I, I need to go out on top. Yeah. And that's the start. That's, that's the start. And then you have built-in roadblocks. You've had two opportunities. You come up short. You've got to start from the bottom and work your way up. You know, uh, there there are a couple championships you could go for. You could even talk about how Eli Drake kicked out of the Canadian Destroyer, and is it still as powerful finishing move as it once was? And start doubting yourself. Yeah, no, that's 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 good stuff right there. I mean, just putting that's puts more sympathy on the baby baby face, and I, I I really even though it's wrestling, I think people can relate to it in their own personal life, and that's gonna. Absolutely. That battle hit home for him. Yeah. So, which means this they're going to take that storyline away from me once they think it's a great idea and give it to like uh, a top star. <laughs> oh, good. That happens That happens a lot in wrestling. So, Trust me. So, I can't wait until, you know, uh, Alberto El Patron starts doing yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, can I win this belt? I've been around for so long. <laughs> yeah, Man. but I don't, I, I think. I think, listen, you're 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 close to being one of the originals. You're one of the only guys still left from the AJ Styles errors. There's so much history built up with you, and they're just ignoring it. It's like whoever is booking right now is looks at the paper and goes, "Ah, P.D. Williams, yeah, whatever." Yeah, and that's not uh, true. That's not true. But yeah, to to me, there's just so much. And, and you don't have to be a superstar, and it doesn't have to be a main event type storyline. But this is one of those storylines where it just it just lines up perfect in where you are in your career right now, what you've done, and how long it's been since you've done it. Yeah, yeah, I. It's like I don't know. It's like that that NFL quarterback that's getting ready to retire and wants one more Super Bowl, you know? Like yeah. it's also that scenario as well. I mean, I could picture the 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 slammiversary moment, right? You 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 come up short. Imagine this, right? You come up short and whoever you beat, maybe it's an accident, maybe it's not, maybe it's for them. But confetti falls from the ceiling and you're just sitting there in disbelief and tears as this confetti is falling on the floor and it was supposed to be your moment. Oh, that's good. Especially cause you know, I like when they do that. If you ever, uh, watch a, a championship game, NFL, Stanley cup, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. And that the, the celebrations happening, the confetti's falling, everything's going nuts. You know, they're, they're, they're filming the celebration, but what do they always do? They always cut to the team that fell short and he's laying on the and ground. They're like, He's laying or taking a knee, looking down, or just like looking up at the scoreboard, or just looking at the party happening with no emotion on his face. Um, th- yeah, that's 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 good. I, that's really good. See, I've been thinking about this, Pete. 
That's good, man. Man, you you might have a shot as a writer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's all I That's what you're waiting for? That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. I you know, to me it's just it it's I hate to use the word common sense, but if you really look at where you are, where you've been, and where you're going now, it writes itself almost. Yeah. No, but they're doing like I mean, okay, so Impact just announced spoiler pay per view. Oh, spoiler alert! (laughs) There. Well, no, they actually announced it on the internet, so they're they're telling people like they're saying, "Hey, this is where it's going to be." Anyway, so it um, there was talk of it being in Toronto. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not happening. It's going to be in uh, Orlando now, um, so that's where Redemption's going to be. So it, it's, you know, obviously the show hasn't been written yet or anything, but you know, it's going to be obviously. I would think in my mind, book differently because now we're in a different country, you know. And I played this pro Canadian character for thirteen years. Um, you got to think, okay, whatever was set up for me for Redemption and the TV tapings afterwards is that going to be different? Because we're not in Toronto now, we're in Orlando. So I mean, who knows? Do I turn heel coming up? I don't know what's happening. I really don't. Um, but it makes me wonder, like, oh, what's what's going to happen? Because it does make a difference of, you know, the setting and the venue. Like, imagine the Montreal screw job. That wouldn't be significant if it wasn't in Montreal, right? Right. Like, if that pay per view was set to be held in the United States, there would have been no such thing as a Montreal screw job. Like. Brett would have probably dropped the belt and stuff and because he wasn't in his home country. like So that does make a big difference, especially when you play a certain character based on you know, um, you know, your, your country. This storyline idea has to go at least six months to make it emotional. Yeah. It, can be, it so can't that, be done in three. It certainly could not be done in two. Um. Well, they would probably push it in three because we film a three months in a week, right? Um, and 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 it's tough. Like I do not envy, uh, you know, Impact's creative team right now uh, in their role because since we're filming every three months, like contracts are expiring, you know, people are quitting or or you don't know who's going to be coming on and all that kind of stuff. So. You're trying to plan for the future, but you just don't know what the future is going to be. And you have to kind of have generalized ideas. So it's I don't envy their role because it's probably very difficult for them to write right now because they don't know what the future is going to bring for them. Yeah, you can't go back to live TV right now. It just wouldn't work with the setup you're doing with, the, you know, Border City Wrestling no. and Global and – but, well, it wouldn't because that's a huge uh, financial burden, right? And, uh, so that's probably why they wouldn't do that. But it just, you know, I just don't envy their role because it's it's really tough. Um, yeah, I mean, you just don't know who's going to be there. Like for all we, for all I know, and this is this isn't a spoiler. Alert, I don't know what's going to happen. But you know, now that Enzo Enzo Amore is, you know, not with WWE, his ninety day no compete clause I think ends like. April 23rd or 24th, which is in the middle of our impact taping week. So he could show up on impact. He wouldn't be under the no compete clause anymore. So, but, and that's our next set of taping. So, I mean, you you just don't, you don't know what's going to happen. It's so hard to plan for the future. 
Who is one of the recent people that left Impact that really hurt you personally? That not like hurt you, hurt you, but like his lack of being there now really goes. Ah, that kind of sucks. I really like that guy. You know, I I, I liked all the guys that left and stuff like that. Um, and and just since I've came back, so I, I'm not going to say guys like Bobby Roode and Eric Young. So obviously they were already in WWE before I came back. Um, but like you know, I really hated that Chris Masters left. Yeah, I felt um, like I could have been best friends with him. Yeah, dude, he was like a super cool guy, and uh, you know, I just really liked him. Like he was total like California dude, you know, like just picture that. That's what he's like in real life, and uh, just super laid back and stuff. Really outgoing, super nice guy. And uh, for the he was there for the first like I think two days of the Impact tapings, and then just went home. Like, flew and went home and quit. And I was there the next day, and I'm like, no, or or maybe the day after next. And I was like, no, man, I I really, I was looking forward to seeing him. So, um, you know, that sucks. And, you know, and a couple of the guys I was, like, really getting closer to, like, EC3 and stuff, like, I was really starting to understand his sense of humor. Like, I'm like, oh, no, he's not a dick. I'm like, he's just hilarious. (laughs) Um, And I, you know, like, it's just, I don't think... It's just I think he does it for more for a pop than how he actually feels. And I've had conversations with him. He's actually like a really cool dude. And, um, you know, I've had a heart to heart with him and stuff like that on his last day. And, uh, you know, so it sucks to see him leave. So it just, you know, I, I just hate to see anybody leave pretty much is what I'm trying to say. But, um, you know, that's that's professional wrestling. I mean, those guys are are, are going on to bigger and better things. Here's. Yeah, I'll say this about Chris Masterson, Masters or Chris Adonis. He's one of those guys. We've been to a, a ton of shows together, and there have been some pretty big guys that have walked in and out. He's the only guy I've ever asked you to introduce me to. Yeah, and how cool was he when, when I like? He I just went to him like, hey, man, you know, I, I, I explained who you were, and, and he's like, oh, yeah, man, for sure. Where is he? Where is he? And he was actively looking for you. He, and right he, away, you guys hit it off. He was – not, and I don't mean this as an insult. He made me feel like a 12-year-old. Like He's like, oh, how long do you feel like wrestling? Dude, you know? Cause <laughs> we all, he, he was he, – he's like, hey – and and you know, I still feel like you should you should take him up on this. If you ever want me on your podcast, I would love to do it. He yeah, did. did I? I you know, I think we exchanged numbers. I got his number. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we. I don't see why not. We got to get Ellsworth on. Man, there's so much we got to do that we keep saying we're going to do. But Ells, we never do Ellsworth man. has actively te- or not text me, but DM me like, hey. You know, whenever you want me on, I would love to come on. And, you know, I'm just trying to – it's tough because I could easily say, how about him and I do it? But, you know, it's no fun without you. No, because, of course, I'm going to bring up Impact and, like, would you ever work for us over there and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so, of course. Um, I was going to do it too. Yeah, let, let's let, – why don't we try to set up something, maybe not this week, but, like, for, for, for next week, the last week of February. Let's see if you can reach out to him and uh, – See if we can make it happen. I'm pre- I'm pretty wide open that week. Well, that's good. maybe at night. Maybe one of those nights you come out here for the for an hour or two, sit in the studio with me while we do it. Yeah, we could do something like that. I think that would be more fun. Yeah. Crack open a yeah, couple of adult we, we beverages. Make, yeah, and we can make faces at each other as we 
Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 do that. I, I think we should. You you tell me what's a good night for you to come by. Uh, I'll figure it. Out. My calendar's on my phone. and I'm on my phone right now, so we'll figure that out. Oh, this is gonna be fun. I we can actively well, let, let, let's let, let's give him a couple. See when he's available because he might be one of those guys. Who's like, hey man, you just let me know what works for you. So that's kind of what he said. He, he said any night after seven, I'm pretty much free. Oh, dude, that's when I'm free. That's oh, great. Great. I have nothing going on at all. I'm always free. Yeah. No, I'm just bogged down with meetings uh, from like 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. So after that, I'm open. All wrestling meetings. <laughs> All wrestling meetings. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited. I, I'll send him a text. You give. I'll wait. I'll wait until you tell me what a day is or a couple good days, and then I'll send that over to him. Yeah, perfect. perfect. And and then you can come here and oh my gosh, I'm giddy like a little schoolgirl right now. <laughs> all right i guess that's how we're gonna end we'll this make it happen yeah let's 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 do some promoting we've we've not done any real promoting in a long time uh, pd how's twitter going for you uh twitter's going great um i'm on the twitter machine all the time uh yeah but you can find me at ipd williams I, i'm i'm waiting for you to tweet that you know seven years in running with tag team champions with John, I, I have to check if John Anderson has a Twitter handle. You should be um, like, if anybody knows where John Anderson is, have him contact me. We're tag team champions still. Yeah, I have a booking for us. <laughs> we finally have to defend these titles. <laughs> titles, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's the tweet right there, B. Uh, yeah. You can follow me, Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Uh, head over to WrestlingInc.com for all of your news. Uh, my man Josh over there killing it with some articles being mentioned on Bleacher Report, as we said at the beginning. Congratulations. That was That's pretty cool. I'm waiting to be mentioned in an article where it's not me being arrested. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to be mentioned on the Bleacher Report. Oh, wait. Yeah. Never mind. Again, I, I can't wait to be mentioned again. Yeah, yeah we're, we're nobodies. Josh there, you know, at Hill Doors, <laughs> yeah. he gets mentioned. We're still like... You know, one day, Pete, you and I, we could have a, a career in this industry of wrestling. You know, it would be crazy too. I was gonna say, like, I can't wait to be, I can't wait to be uh, ranked in PWI. I'm like, <laughs> if you ever have a wrestling match, even if it's like a anything, you could be ranked as one of the top 500 wrestlers in the world. You know that? I did know that. Oh man, make that a goal for yourself. Are you are, are you one of the top 500 wrestlers in the world? Uh, I don't know where I ranked this year. I really, I, I didn't even look. The highest ranking I ever got was twenty three. Let me um, see here. That was like in two thousand four. Let me um, let me look here. Because I no, it'll, it'll take way too long. To I, I who got number one? Did Okada get number one this year? Um, or did no? Maybe AJ did. Hmm. Or no, no, maybe it was Roman Reigns. I think it was Roman Reigns. The, the, no, no, there's like the top three like that. Maybe it was Okada. Let's see here. That's from like 2005. Yeah. So when's is this one? I don't. Um, I think it came out for a period ending the, February 15, 2018. Let's see. Uh, Okada's number two. Uh, AJ's number one. That's what it was. And then Roman Reigns is three. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. So I know they were the top three. Um. You said Okada was two? Yes. Okay. 
That makes sense. Ooh, listen. For Impact Wrestling TV show, you're number nine. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even know what that means. For Impact Wrestling? Like, I'm the ninth. Yep. Ranked the ninth on Impact? Yep. Aries. Oh. Impact. Johnny Impact. Eli Drake at number three. Uh, Matt Seidel, Alberto El Patron, Moose at six, Brian Cage at uh, seven, Eddie Edwards, uh, Ishimori. Yeah, Ishimori's the, well, uh, forget it. I don't want to say it because it's a spoiler alert. All right, so well. Spoiler alert. Don't. Uh, uh, Ishimori, okay, I won't even say it. Just, but, okay. Ishimori. This is probably like. Then P. See, I don't know how to talk anymore because I mean, I understand. There, there's so many belt shuffling around and stuff. So well, whatever. Then P.D. Williams, then Sammy Callahan. Oh, okay. So there so you they have a top ten. Yeah, they have it broke. This is a P.W. P.W.I. Online has like the overall top ten. Then they have tag teams. Then they have Raw, SmackDown, Ring of Honor, uh, Impact. And you know NXT, so yeah, two hundred five live. There you go. Good. You're awesome. You're top ten. That's actually kind of good if you look at how that roster is right now on Impact and what you're doing. Being at number nine is not bad at all. Yeah, because there's like what three X Division guys on there. That's right. And I'm, you know, so it's yeah. You were you were so, nine. This is your second week in a row in the top ten, and you've been at number nine two weeks in a row. Oh man, I can't wait to move up to that number eight spot. Number now eight. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I might because uh, I think I win matches upcoming. <laughs> um, not to give anything away, but I think I win some matches. Wow! Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Did yeah. we do that right? Afterwards. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, that's kind of cool. You so you are you know in the top ten of PWI. Um, well, no, they're talking about the top five hundred of the year of PWI. That's what they're talking about. So, just take okay. it. We'll just start a rumor. I got number nine on the top. Oh man, awesome. great! <laughs> just just take it, okay? You're like one of those man, women. I didn't, even, I didn't even wrestle the whole year, and I'm at number nine. Imagine <laughs> if I would have wrestled the whole year. This is great, man. Look. I'm just oh. saying that's pretty cool. Look, be, even just being PWI Impact Top Ten, pretty darn cool. Yeah. No, I, I remember because when I used to uh, like read the PWI, I used to like the magazine back when you know Attitude Era and stuff like that. Right. I used to look at the top ten of like WWE, WCW, you know ECW. That's what it was back then. Um, so that's pretty cool that you know I could say like I'm in one of those categories now, and I yeah. That's, that's great. I love it. It's it's pretty huge. Yeah. So, all right. Listen, uh, Wrestling Inc., follow us on Twitter. Go over to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. Hit up the website there. We'll update P.D. Williams' uh, booking soon. Uh, I, we haven't done that in a long time, but we'll update those for you if you want to see P.D. out and about. If you have any questions for the podcast or P.D., there's a contact form. I'll, I'll, it goes straight to me, and then I'll usually forward over to PD, and we'll, we'll go from there. So, there you go, Pete. All right. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com.